Greetings. Greetings. Hump Day Edition. We were just talking about this wild card tonight. Hump Day Edition brought to you. I want to mention that this time, I mean, next week on Wednesday on Hump Day, I will be at the Upstate Warrior Solutions at the Roop. If you are a veteran, if you are a first responder, law enforcement, dog catcher, coroner, whatever you are, or a veteran, lunch is going to be on me. A la Ingalls. I'm not the one making lunch, but it's going to be on me anyway. And the, I mean, last time the, uh, the, the Ingalls lunch that was applied last time at the Roop, that got torn up. That just got torn asunder. That was epic. So you should come and join me at the Roop, 770 Pelham Road. I'm going to be there doing it again. I was privileged last night to speak to the American Legion in Greenville. Big Rich Cochran invited me to the commander there. He invited me to come and speak to them. I have spent, in, in the last uh, month, I have been around more military people than I've been in been around since 1990. And it's sort of comforting for me to be around veterans. Because when a lot of people see a veteran today, what they will see is they'll see an old man, right? <laughs> That's an old man, right? Except this is an old man with capacity. Oh, yes. This old man, when he was in Vietnam and he was out there, if he, if he operated in Vietnam and came back to tell the tale, this guy operated and did things that you can't possibly imagine. He existed in conditions that nobody wants to exist in. So getting to speak to these guys, getting to speak to these guys that either, you know, and, and you know, Let's be honest, some of them got drafted, some of them volunteered. It doesn't matter. When you do the service, when you give the service to the country, that, that makes, you know, veterans are pretty special people. The one thing that irritates me the most about the veteran community is the fact that the civilian community sort of forgets them. They get out there and they be like, you know, I, I'll have people coming up to me all the time. Well, thank you for your service. Well, what does that mean exactly? Because I volunteered. I wasn't, I did, and I didn't do it. I didn't volunteer because I was all, I, I volunteered because of the Beirut, uh, Lebanon, Beirut, uh, Marine Corps barracks bombing. I was 23, that which is a sort of an advanced age to enter the military. Because most everybody, I, I was the second oldest guy there in my platoon. And the oldest guy there was a prior service guy who actually served during the Vietnam era. So, speaking in front of them, it, it reminded me of the fact that everybody that's ever served, the 1% of the American population that has served in the American military, um, they gave their entire youth to the military, to the country. Some of them went and saw combat, some of them did not. Everybody was in place. The ones who didn't see it, well, they were prepared in case it was there. You have to have people always prepared in case that happens because you can't start to constitute it after it begins. 
if you wait till it begins and then you start constituting a military, you lose. So we always, and right now, you know, it's not nearly as omnipotent as it used to be, the American military. It's somewhat uh, diminished, if you will. What with the leadership and their all of their all of their focuses, we found out the other day that uh, you know apparently we have some pilots that will punch out of a plane over a populated area with a half a million people without the plane going down, and we haven't heard why that happened. And there's you know all now and that's of course starting the speculation and everything. Well, somebody hacked the jet and made it eject him and throw him out over there, and then it flew it for another two hours, which it did fly for a little bit, yeah. But whatever it is, the, the military right now today is diminished. And one thing I told the veterans yesterday as I was looking at them, that I, I fear for the country when my generation is gone. I know that there's a lot of things going on in the country today, but being around those guys and, and, and ladies last night, it was very comforting to me to to be able to, 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 to speak with them and to see them and to once again be in, in a place where they were having military-type things occur, paying homage to the flag, pledging allegiance, surrounded by artifacts of times gone by, realizing that uh, realizing that I was, uh, you know, I saw the kind of uniform I was wearing in the museum, and I'm like, oh my gosh, my service is now an artifact. For those of you that have never been to, there's a military museum there, right there on Main Street. The American Legion Military Museum is right there on Main Street, and, uh, You should go look at it because they have they have artifacts from the Japanese. They have artifacts from the Germans. Uh, they have artifacts from the Civil War. All things military. And that's a part of our history. The other thing they have going on right now, we're going to talk about this later on. I don't have uh, I don't have the gentleman with me. They actually do a program where they have young people in the community go out and talk on things concerning the Constitution. And these, these kids, you know, they're in high school and, and, and elementary school. They come from all schools. They home schools, private schools, charter schools, public schools. They can all get in on this program, and then they get into a speaking program, which is, they call it the oratorical, I can't remember what it's called. But they're going to actually give a public speech on something. And uh, this year, it's going to be Second Amendment, Fifth Amendment. I can't remember the other ones. Thirteenth Amendment. And this is where they're taking young people and they're letting them learn the subject matter of the Constitution and why these things are important. That's one of these things that should be taught in school, but it's not. But these guys are reaching out and trying to get it going at the American Legion. And as I've listened to all the things that they do, and it, 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 this is more than a bunch of old soldiers and sailors and Marines and and uh, Air Force guys getting together and wearing a hat and you know 
going down to the bar and hanging out and riding bikes and all. There's much more than that. These guys give to the community. They continue to serve the community today. So you can go and see their stuff. You can go and say, go, go to the museum and go check that out. If you've got a child that seems to, uh, if you've got a child right now in Greenville County that uh, wants to be a public speaker, well, they have a way to cultivate that. If they want to learn how to debate, they have a way to cultivate that. They have, they're reaching out to the young people to get them civically engaged. This is, uh, this is America trying to take itself back. The ones that gave everything they had, the ones that gave up their lives in order to serve the country, and then the ones that came back that are still trying to serve the country, they are out there right now today here in Greenville County, operating today right now in Greenville County, trying to save the country with everybody. And they invite you to come and check them out you should go do it. I was walking around. I was I was quite nostalgic looking at all of this stuff because I actually used some of this stuff. <laughs> when we get back, um, the White House has proposed a new rule where leftism is just perpetual, and this has got to be dismantled with a crowbar. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. We've gotten to the point now to where the left is, uh, they're trying to make things perpetual. GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. I am streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. Podcast is available for free. Don't cost nothing on the Odyssey app. Past Friday, they unveiled a proposed rule that will make it even harder than in the past for any incoming Republican president to take control of the left-leaning federal bureaucracy and actually try to implement policy that they would promise to voters. Now, right now, today, as we are sitting here, of the 2.2 million federal civil workers only 4,000 are presidential appointees. And the rest stay in their jobs, like Fauci did. From one administration to the next, protected by the rules that make it nearly impossible to discipline or replace them. They're like ticks, if you will. They're, they're, they're attached to the fourth point of contact of America, engorged, sucking the blood. And they overwhelmingly favor the left. 95% of the unionized federal employees who donate give to the Democrats, according to Open Secrets. Some federal workers in very high positions do their very level best to either slow walk an implementation or derail a, a Republican president's agenda, and they get away with it. And this is a problem. 
this is this is not the way the government was meant to be. The government was not meant to be some monolithic thing that's carved in stone that it does not, you know. The Constitution is carved in stone. The rights enshrined in the Constitution you're born with, they predate the government. You're born with these things. Uh, the government, on the other hand, has to change with the times because voters change their mind. I don't know why we don't just decide, well, we want freedom, and that that be the mindset, but, you know, that seems to be an issue. So the question becomes, why would we even bother to vote if they stay in charge no matter who wins the presidency? Now, this has been discussed out there by the GOP candidates, by Trump, Ramaswamy, uh, DeSantis. They all say, we'll get out there in the middle of it, and, uh, well, we'll, we'll do something to, to, about it. Everett Kelly, the union president of the American Federation of Government Employees, claims GOP contenders want to politicize routine government work. I'm not talking about the guys that are driving the mail trucks. I'm talking about the lawyers and the PhDs and the other top-level bureaucrats. I'm talking about the ones who should get a memo coming down saying, this is the way it is, and boom, they just got to go do it. That's the way it works. Early on, I, I, I mean, I've seen this up close. Not in government, of course. But, I mean, I've seen this up close. I've seen where people get, you know, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, there's this mindset of this is the way we do things here, right? And I've seen that up close. And I'm uh, like uh, my father, who was a middle manager for Winn-Dixie, he, he would roll in and they always seemed to send him to a place where they'd sort of gotten away from the company way of doing things. And back in those days, if you cut my dad, he would bleed Winn-Dixie red. And um, so he would come in and there would always be some enlightened employee of his <laughs> that might have been a store manager or something and they would tell him you know this is the way we do things here my dad would simply tell him no that's the way you used to do them. and this is how you're going to do them from now on because my way is the company way we're going to do it by the book now by the book in government means that when the executive branch comes in whoever it is they implement their agenda we have a bunch of senators like lindsey graham that thinks that should just be a rubber stamp right that's not their job, though. The job of the bureaucracy is to get out there and just implement what happens. Except now the bureaucracy, like AI, like Skynet, they become self-aware and they're aware of the fact that they'll be here day in and day out, like Fauci is, was, whatever it is. And uh, they're the ones running things. Career lawyers in the Department of Justice's Civil Rights Division flat out refused to challenge Yale University's discrimination against Asian American applicants. Trump had to go get lawyers from other divisions. And after Joe Biden became president, they just dropped the case. But the same career lawyers who refused to sue Yale made the losing argument in, for, in support of affirmative action before the U.S. Supreme Court. Dr. Deborah Burks, she circumvented Trump's instructions to moderate COVID lockdowns. 
The EPA pursued cases against fossil fuel producers and withheld the information from Trump appointees. And this means somebody's got to be out there and get out there and walk through all of this. See, I myself wouldn't, I, I don't want to have, I, I would not want to hold public office, but I would love to be the executive's hatchet man. I would love for him to sit there and say, this is what I want. And this is what I expect you to do. And I don't care how you do it. And just let me go. And I'm just going to go out there and I'm going to say, um, you're fired. Oh, you're a union employee? You say you can't be fired? Well, you're fired anyway. I want this person's stuff taken out of the building. I want it done now. And I want the locks changed and nobody gets in unless I say so. Like a virus... This started in some of these bureaucracies and it's worked its way into our federal law enforcement apparatus, our federal tax collecting apparatus. Everything is weaponized now. On October 2020, Trump issued an executive order that federal workers who make policy should be reclassified as at-will employees who can be terminated. But then Biden became president and he canceled it immediately knowing the bureaucrats were on his side. Now, the rule announced Friday would slow a president's ability to reinstate Trump's order. And the Democrats in Congress, they want to push to eliminate the president's authority to reclassify jobs altogether. And this is not the way it was meant to be. Now, we have one, maybe two chances at fixing this in a peaceful manner. We should pursue every single one of these. This means winning an election. This means winning the Senate. This means leaning on the Senate and on the House when we get control of them and making them toe the line, put their feet in the fire, whatever cliche you want to get, and we got to go out there and we got to change things. And if we don't change things, we will be painting ourselves into a corner. And then we're going to have to fight our way out of it. They're not about democracy. They're about bureaucracy. They're, they're ruling by bureaucracy, and we can't have it. Not in America. J.P. Morgan, I'm, we're going to go back to April when he said something. He got, uh, Jamie Dimon got engaged on Twitter by James Woods. It was pretty funny, but it's pretty poignant. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Talk line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. We are streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. And somebody out there likes it when I get on the about the app going, don't call us nothing. That's because I love Bluto. That's where you find the podcast on the free Odyssey app. Let's go to the phones. Never Trumper, what can I do for you today? <clears throat> Bill, thanks for taking my call. Hey, I was uh, curious to know your your opposition on Tommy Tuberville holding up the uh, promotions for 
so many military men and uh, women, which obviously Im- Im- impacts our uh, military um, uh, um, readiness. Not to say all the all the havoc it creates with these people's families, their spouses, jobs, havoc, and schooling. What what kind of havoc, havoc does it create? And uh, I I wanted to know your position on on his position. And then secondly, which I think is even more important, is why can't the Senate change the rules to prevent a single person on either side of the fence from doing this again? Because I I don't think it's right. And I, I think that I'm hoping you don't think it's right and we have a common opinion on this. Well, I don't know why you would think I why you would hope I would think it is right. Right now the military is not in they're out of control. How are they're, they out of control? They're not focusing on the mission. And you know this why? Because I can read, because I served in the military, because I had a security clearance of the type that you have to get into the Pentagon. I can see what they're doing. I can see the kind of things they're doing to their preparation. And they're not prepared. They're not in so, a good posture. So you think that Tommy Tuberville, in his position, not promoting men and women is a good thing? Well, it depends on the men and women we're talking about. If you're talking about the upper echelons of, like, general officers and everything else, because there's a certain, above a certain rank, that's where the, that's where the government gets involved in the, in the promotions to a certain point in both enlisted and officer. Like, for example, a guy who's on the E7 list to be a sergeant first class, once he gets into that, then it basically becomes an act of Congress to knock him out of that pay grade. Okay, so, right. but but this includes all levels above the one you described. Sure. It, it includes the high levels and the lower levels. Right. And, and they're all being held up. Right. So he's not rubber and, stamping. So so you, you, you think they should be rubber stamping this? This should just happen? I think that there's a process by which people are nominated for a promotion and they're given a promotion. Sure. And I think that the rubber stamping, as you say it, is part of the part of the process. Now, well, of course, there are select ones that he can say, you know what, I don't like this, uh, this guy because of this, or I don't like this uh, woman because of this, but to just wholesale stop the promotion of everyone I think it's wrong. Well, even in the 80s, officers got passed by for promotion. Even in the 80s, non-commissioned officers got passed by for promotion. And a lot of it just came right down, in, in some cases, simply to a photograph. Because of a photograph, they get bypassed for promotion. This is not a new thing. This is simply a publicized thing. This has happened before. It will happen again. It's a meritocracy. It's 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 not a it's not a participation. The military is not a participation sort of enterprise. So who who was the last senator on either side that had wholesale stopped all promotions, uh, regardless of 
promotions stop and start for the reason I got out of the military was at, I was on the E6 list and because of the way things were at that particular moment they took the promotion scores and hit them in the ceiling to where if I'd had a doctorate I would have not I would not have qualified to be an E6 and that was the military doing that because of staffing and because we had just had Panama and they did not foresee anything in our future so sure. when I got to that point, I said, well, I'll take the early out. Thanks. I'm out. Thanks for, thanks yeah, for, yeah. thanks for your time. But that was the uh, military doing that. that right. It wasn't a single individual in the Senate. I have no idea. Somebody, so the, the military does not unilaterally make those decisions. It's all based on funding and slots and they get those from the Senate. They get those so, from the house. They get the, those through appropriations. The, do you think the Senate rules should be changed no. to then override a single senator doing this? No, because if we do that, then it becomes a constant thing that can happen anytime, no matter what's going on within the military. And the military has to be a raw-edged, blunt instrument. And right now, they're not. They're not a raw-edged, blunt instrument. They haven't been for quite some time. We've got, they, they, they have lost focus of the that's, mission. That's fine. That's uh, your opinion. I have a different opinion on it. Well, your opinion's I'm based just, on nothing. Your opinion's based on nothing, though. <laughs> What's your point of reference on this? What are you thinking? Did you serve? Did you serve? Pardon? Did you serve? No, I haven't served. No, okay, haven't so served. what are you talking about? You just, you, you, you just. Uh, I'm talking I, about Tommy Tuberville holding back promotions to hundreds of qualified people. Qualified how? How do you know they're qualified? How do you know they deserve to be promoted? How do you know that? Because you have to have some confidence that that the... the, the I have to have confidence in the military, government right now. In the well, military. I mean, the ones that got 13 people killed pulling out of a airport that was taken over the moment they walked away. I got to have confidence in that. Nobody got fired right. at the top levels. Why do I have to have confidence in that? Bill, thanks a lot for your time. <laughs> thanks for yours. <laughs> so I'm supposed to sit back and uh, just say, well, okay, just because they say, listen, you know, no, that's not why we elected Republicans. Republicans are in there to balance. Otherwise, let's just you know, let's just uh, let's just quit having any participation at all in in, in government at all. Text line's having a good time with this. I, I do this for you guys on the text line. <laughs> we'll get back to Jamie Dimon in just a minute. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. I am streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. Podcast is available on the free Odyssey app. Don't cost nothing. Let's go to the phones. Ron and Moore. Yes, sir. What can I do for you? I just want to ask you what your take on this is. You know, uh, you know, I I was drafted in '69, right? And uh, 
But anyhow, my question is, you know, when I, I sit and watch my TV and I see all these ads, you know, for disabled veterans of America and, and all these different ads, you know, send, you know, make a commitment, send $19 a month, you know, to help help these disabled veterans, guys that have lost their legs, lost their limbs, uh, some of them lost their families. Where is, and, and our government, oh, oh, we got to send billions of dollars over to, uh, you know, this country or Ukraine or something to help them. What, what about us? What about our veterans that served and joined and, and came home? Uh, you know, what, their, their lives are changed for the rest of their life. Might have lost legs, arms, and, you know, where's the help for them from our federal government? Well, I don't, I don't know that there is any help from, from them, Ron. You know, the, the, here's the thing. When I got out, I got out during peacetime. I served during peacetime, you know. And uh, when I got out, I, the only inroad I made was towards the VA to see if I qualified for any of that. And they wanted all of this stuff. I said, forget that noise. I've already got a job. I'm paying for insurance. I'll just go that way. And at that point, I basically turned my back on the whole process of veterans, veterans' rights for me, right? I just turned my back on it. And now I understand that it's not just me. So, I mean, that's why I'm doing some of the stuff I'm doing. I recognize, like you recognize, that the federal government has forgotten the veterans. They brought us in when we were young, right? How old were you? How yep. old were you in 1969? I'm 72. Well, well how, old, how old? How old? I was eight. I was you 18. Were, so they took you in the, at, the, at the very beginning of your adulthood as a very young person, stuck you in yeah, Vietnam. Did you go to Vietnam? High, I graduated high school when I got my papers. Right. Did Did you go to Vietnam? No, I was. Uh, I, I was fortunate. That uh, I, I did my basic down here in Port Jackson, right? And uh, I was in the army, and I was a grunt. And uh, well, I mean, you didn't go to Vietnam just not by just by whatever no, it was. That, no, the, the unit I was in, uh, we didn't get deployed because things were kind of right. slowing down, I guess, a little bit. So, right. Uh, well, well, here's the thing. Know, this is, the, in answer to your question, I think it's an aberration. We're, we're not. We're not in the Ukraine thing to uh, to win that. We're we're not going to go commit to to winning that. We're just throwing money down a, down a tube with that down a fire tube. We should be taking better care of the veterans, but I mean, you know, that's yeah. what that's why I'm involved with American Legion now, and that's why I'm involved with Upstate oh, Warrior yeah. Solutions. Yeah. Uh, I recognize, yeah. like you recognize, that the veterans get forgotten. I see it, I, and I'm not going to let it happen. I've got a 100,000 watt umbrella of power that I can get out there and preach this gospel. You think I'm not going to yep. do that, Ron? You think I'm not going to push that envelope? Yeah, well, I have I have a bunch of buddies that uh, you know they they went in at the same time I did, and uh, they got the they got sent to Vietnam, and uh, they never came back home. And you know they can never be forgotten. We should never forget those guys. We shouldn't forget the ones that came back. We yeah. shouldn't forget any of them. That's right. It, it's very easy to remember them because only 1% of the entire population in the history of the United States has ever served in the military. So it should be very easy to remember these guys. And there's some people out there that are doing it, and I've decided to link up with them and, and throw my big mouth into it. 
and uh, we'll see where it goes, and we'll just keep on going till we're done. Right, and well, I mean, I you should you should come to the upstate. You should come to the upstate Warrior Solutions uh, this coming Wednesday. Have lunch. Yeah. Okay. I, I, that's my invitation to you. If you if you come to it, just walk up to me. I'll be the best looking bald guy in there. And you come up to me <laughs> and you say, "Hey, Bill, this is Ron from Moore, and I would love to meet you." <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll wear my. Uh... Yeah, I'll wear my Vietnam jacket. How about that? You should do that because the Vietnam veterans are at the. You guys were hard. You guys were the. You. I would have loved to have served with you. I would have loved to have served in that era. Hard. Well, I made it. I'm. I'm running out of time, Ron. Come see me. Come. Come. Come meet me. And thanks for the call. We'll get in. Well, maybe we'll make it to Jamie Dimon here in a minute just because he's outrageous. But we'll let the show evolve as it goes. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.